I love the fi- the fireworks. It's a party. <laughs> it's a party on the screen. Yes. It's a boom boom firework time. <laughs> Hi, welcome to And It's Writing, a live stream and podcast where two writers have a few drinks and some laughs while we revise our old work, or in this case, the work of others. Yay. I'm DC McDoughton, a speculative fantasy and historical fiction writer. Uh, I am working... <laughs> I am currently very slowly slogging through my second draft of a historical fiction and is uh, taking some time, but I'm quite proud of what I'm doing. So that's Aww, cool. Yay. I just I just started the book, uh, reading the book, The Only Good Indians by Stephen Graham Jones. It's a fiction spooky boy. And so far I am two chapters in and it is so good. And I'm enjoying the voice so much. It feels so refreshing to like, read something that's impressive <laughs> to me it's been you know like it, it's a it's like uh i don't know like it's just I'm, I'm so it's the adhd you know it's like i don't like anything i don't like anything what do you what do you want because <laughs> we've got to read something so it's so far it's it's got me i started reading it just because of the the writing style actually i peeked at it and decided it was kind of like something i wanted to read so i'm reading it and it's going pretty well and i think before we get too far and introduce you it's our 100th episode it is do we, we write that down somewhere on our script it's our 100th episode i don't think we wrote it in our script um it's technically i think our 103rd episode but it's our first live stream since oh! we crossed 100 <laughs> so this is our 100th episode we're calling it Great. Anyway, you can talk about who you are now that I've ruined your entire order of everything. <laughs> That's okay. Um, I am Amy Avery. I write adult fantasy. I also self-publish fantasy romance under the pen name Avery Ames. Uh, what I am working on is I'm in one of those lulls in publishing where you're just like waiting to hear a bunch of stuff. So I'm just working on a side project for funsies that isn't like for anything at the moment. It's just for me. And then what I'm reading is I'm reading an advanced reader copy of a book called Road to Ruin by Hannah Lee. It comes out in spring of 2024, and I am loving it. It's like Mad Max, but with magic and like dinosaurs. Wee! And wow. like lots of bisexual yearning. <laughs> nice. So it's very, it's very up my alley. Um, it is a lot of fun. So I'm very much enjoying it. Uh, but unfortunately, everybody else will have to wait. Because <laughs> <laughs> I got my hands on an early copy. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So today, in celebration of passing 100 episodes, we thought we would let some other people have some fun and come in and hang out. And we will be editing some listener submissions. Um, we asked people to submit snippets of some of their old writing, early drafts, things that they don't care if we, like really like rework them um and so <laughs> we have five submissions that we we're gonna we're gonna roll a dice or a die to like randomly select which one until we might be able to get through all of them hopefully fingers crossed and yeah we'll just kind of go through them and see what we would like to discuss about them and this is our usual reminder before any of that fun begins that writing is not all about rules, which is why we are going to be laughing at so many of them today, I'm sure. And when we're <laughs> writing, we sometimes need to break the rules as well. We're both firm believers that if rules feel too suffocating or overwhelming, ignore them and just write. And yeah, I can't wait to to just have fun looking at these submissions <laughs> today. Yes. And so for the drink this episode... 
I actually kind of did two drinks because it's been that kind of week. Uh, <laughs> so for the first one, I made a drink called a Bermuda 100. I did not come up with this recipe. I found it online. I was unable to find out like exactly who created it, uh, but it is a tiki drink. It, but it's unusual in that it's a tiki drink that has gin in it. It's gin, pineapple juice, lime juice, orgeat, and there's one other ingredient, Campari. Campari, which is kind of an odd ingredient. So it's kind of a riff on a drink called a Jungle Bird. I did not use pineapple juice because I recently made my own pineapple liqueur. And nice. I use that in place of the juice, and it's very, very good. Um, well, my drink is is literally caffeine. If you haven't noticed, <laughs> I haven't been drinking a lot of liquor lately because I have been insanely busy and my life will not slow down so basically every time i drink liquor it's just been on the floor with me so i have been spending this over drinking lots of great things and today we have uh a rain <laughs> drink, which i'm hoping will save my soul um it is what flavor approximately the same color as yours um it's a uh, red dragon <laughs> red dragon <laughs> So it's the Hannibal Lecter one. Uh, isn't, that the, yes. isn't that the Hannibal Lecter book? Yes, Red yes, it, yes okay. it is. Uh, yes, absolutely it is. And it's uh, wonderful and delicious and will probably give me a heart murmur. So, like, can't wait. I, oh, yay. Yeah, no. <laughs> and I can't wait for everything to slow down so I can get back to drinking the awesome cocktails because I am so sick of feeling tired. <laughs> I hear you. Oh, yes. Okay, so I will switch us over to the editing screen, and then we'll start rolling some dice and see where we go from there. Editing, yay! Dice! Okay, so <laughs> our first submission number is uh, submission two. Uh, do you hey. want to read it, or do you want me to read it? Uh, we can take turns. How about you go first? Okay. Submission two is from some we gave people the option to remain anonymous some chose not to so i am going to say the name if they gave us a name um so this one is from abby who has a little note that says this is from the original 2009 draft of my current work in progress back when it was still a sword and shield fantasy submitted mainly for my general disregard for punctuation which remains <laughs> to this day and general clunkiness excellent so here's the excerpt with tears stinging in her eyes, Cassandra, bruised and bloodied from the fight, knelt down beside her brother's body, cradling his lifeless head in her lap. Anthony, she mourned, her voice shaking with emotion and exhaustion. In neither body nor age were they that similar, her brother's copper-orange hair a stark contrast to her own dark mane, but in mine they were very close. To lose such a large part of one's life often unlocks deepest longings and regrets, but in Cassandra it lit a burning anger. Swiping at her eyes to halt the tears, she looked down on her brother with pride. I promise you won't have died for nothing. I'm going to find the people who did this, and I will make them pay. Uh, I'll go to Saraz and tell them what's happened. I don't know what's going on, but I won't stop until... She paused momentarily, a few sobs breaking loose and choking her of her words. Quietly, she added, until your soul's at peace. Emotional. It is emotional. Very big and emotional. Yes. Good. I... You know, obviously, punctuation takes a hard time to be perfect. Uh -huh. Like, it's not striking me terribly here. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, there's, there's I, a I, couple is, things. Is, I'm, yes, it, but it's not it's not terrible. No. I, it, it, I just want to say it doesn't seem you've dif disregarded it completely. <laughs> yes. I'm trying to think of like what I think if I was looking at this, what was like the main thing that I would change? 
Oh, I know what it is. I'll start. Can I start? Oh, yeah, I want to start. So I really like this. I, I I haven't really looked looked at the punctuation yet. So, but that's not really my mind. Like the biggest thing that sticks out to me here is that this is like a very this is a very internal moment um, for me. She's like mourning over the loss of her brother, and it's really interesting to me that um, the second paragraph it's very um, show don't tell. Uh, or tell don't show let's say because mm-hmm. like right now it, there's a lot of showing it just it almost goes into almost a um a voice that's almost omniscient mm-hmm. which i don't know if this is uh, an omniscient reading book but it says in neither body nor age were they that similar her brother's copper orange hair a stark contrast to her own dark mane but in mind they were very close to lose such a part of one's life often unlocked unlocks deepest longings and regrets but in cassandra it lit a burning anger the way that that voice is written um to me is really i wouldn't say it's bad it just it's it's very um contrary to the voice of the 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 swiping at her eyes to halt the tears she looked down on her brother Mm -hmm. with pride like it's almost an omniscient narrative which i think you could make like you know obviously you don't care about this document anymore we can you know <laughs> obviously you care about it but um if i were going to make a change here it would, it would make that part more internalized it would be from cassandra's perspective if this is a chapter from her perspective mm-hmm. and it would focus more on her immediate feelings and sort of try to you can have all that com- uh, all that uh, information in there but i would like reword it in such a way where she's feeling these things and remembering and reminiscing these things mm-hmm. as opposed to something being told to us because the rest of it's very emotional and wonderful mm-hmm. i know? think that's what it is is it's 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 changing the pacing and like bringing you out of the moment which you really want to be yeah. in this moment um, so I was going to say, for example, if you want to you know, point out, I guess the point is to point out the difference, because I was going to say the, the copper orange hair, you could have her like, you know, brush his hair away from, you know, his face or something uh, to kind of be more in the moment, but still point out that, you know, he has orange hair. Mm-hmm. And if if we know previously that hers is different, because I'm like, I'm trying to figure out how I would fix this. Uh, but I think that's the thing that I want to hone in on is, yeah, keeping this pacing and in the moment, like staying in Cassandra's headspace, because it is a very like deep emotion for her. I'm like sitting here trying to have my writing cap on. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, OK, so I so. First thing that I changed was uh, Anthony, she mourned, her voice shaking with emotion and exhaustion, her dark mane melding into his vibrant orange hair. This to me implies that she's leaning over him, mm-hmm. which goes we, with the previous paragraph. And what? I was going to say the previous paragraph says she has his head in her lap. Oh, well, it's long. Her her hair's long. It's a mane. Oh, that's true. Like, yeah, she's yeah. like leaning over him. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's how I'm, I'm, I'm following now. Yeah, that's how I'm seeing it yeah. in my head. Um, uh. I would just remove this in mind they were very close thing because I think mm-hmm. we can see that she's mourning and she's mourning in mm-hmm. this this way, this very deep way. They're obviously very close. Um, so I don't yeah. think you need to tell us that. I think that we can feel that in this moment. And so instead of this last sentence, it says to lose such a large part of one's life often unlocks the deepest longings and regret. But in Cassandra, it lit a burning anger. I would... I would go about this by instead of writing something like that, write something like 
Cassandra spent only moments like I don't I don't know I don't know this characters like weep moments weeping before she found herself shaking angrily. Yeah. I you could you can you can extend that like if you want because right right now like I feel like this moment for me is like always a moment I really like in writing where I can sit there and just kind of like talk about everything the character's feeling right now, but we want to show it through physical stuff, which is why I say mm-hmm. she found herself shaking because that shows how angry she really is. Um, the weeping says she's sad, but she's shaking. And and I, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but when you're crying so hard that almost you don't even have tears and you're just sitting there shaking and it's like there's a very specific kind of feeling that that goes along with and i think you can build on top of this i don't know the character well Mm -hmm. enough to build on top of it myself if we didn't if we wanted to keep it simple and we were doing like very simple writing we could leave it just like this i think i i I could finish editing this sentence after it because it kind of swiping at her teal swiping at her eyes to halt the tears she looked down at her brother with pride I think that since we already have the contrast between her being sad and angry, you don't even need her to halt the tears. We already know she's done that. She mm-hmm. is at this point. She is. She is in her yeah. angry pride. And we don't need it. We don't need anything else. Um, we could add another emotion in here if we wanted with pride, with vengeance, maybe. I was going to. S- yeah, because she says something very vengeful, right? The next. I don't know. Maybe we don't need it. I was going to say, yeah, we don't need it because the next thing she says is vengeful. It's in the next paragraph. Yeah, 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 yeah. My only other note was the parenthetical at the beginning, which the people listening later won't won't know. But at the very first sentence is with tears stinging in her eyes, Cassandra, and then there's parentheses that say bruised and bloodied from the fight. Mm-hmm. End parentheses. Knelt down beside her brother's body. Now I love a good parenthetical when it makes sense, but usually when you use those, it's to like add almost like commentary, like from a narrator or something. Or for comedic purposes. In this case, I feel like it distracts from the emotion of the scene, just like the other things. And I think, honestly, a comma here would work. Oh, or you're moving it. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually just moved it because you make a great point that I don't think this needs to be here because it takes us out of the moment too much. Mm -hmm. We can say Cassandra only spent Cassandra spent only moments weeping before her bruised and bloodied hands began shaking angrily. Or something like that. Yeah. Um, you can you can mend you can put that mm-hmm. all together so that you don't have to break us out of the which you may know now in your writing wisdom. I don't know how many years it's been since you wrote this. Sometimes we are Yeah. It says two thousand nine. So this is hey, been yeah. Over nice. a decade. I would lie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean uh, yes, I'm sure it feels so good to know what you know now and be able to look at this yes. like ah, <laughs> Oh yes. But that's what I would change. Mm-hmm. about that to like move the parentheticals i also I, mm-hmm. I i i am the age i am now and still want to put parentheses in everything and uh-huh. i still have to sit there and figure out how to not do it because it's like if i am not going to do it the whole <laughs> novel i cannot do it here you know mm-hmm. like, uh, but some people do it so awesome i have read some of this writer's recent work and she has learned how to like use the parentheticals in a really good, clever way. Nice. So I just want to call that out Hell that yeah. I have, if, if you're listening and you're like, but I use parentheses now. No, you, you're doing them right now. Good. Good. <laughs> I love a person who can really use parentheses really well. Mm-hmm. Um, Donna Tart does it 
Yeah. It's amazing. Like I, I always wish I could pull it off and I fucking suck at it. <laughs> uh, okay. Do you want to read the final or do you want me to read it? Yeah. But first do we want to, uh, do we have, I want to look at the last paragraph, make sure there's nothing I can change. Oh, Cause we yeah. have the original word count here and you oh. know, I like seeing that word count go down. Okay. So the last one is, I promise you won't have died for nothing. I'm going to find the people who did this. See, you can go, I'll, I'll find the people who did this. Yes. Yes. And make them pay instead of I will make them pay. I I'll go to Siraz. I'll tell them what's happened. I don't know what's going on, but I won't stop until we got we need three periods there to make a full ellipse. She paused momentarily, a few sobs breaking loose. I would remove this and say choking choking out her words. Yes. I would also cut out the pause momentarily because we've got an ellipsis. It says, but I won't stop until and then there's the ellipsis which indicates that there's a pause okay and that first of all the momentarily just kind of i don't know it bugs me <laughs> okay so let yeah yeah a sob broke loose choking out her words there we go a sob broke loose choking out her words quietly she added until your soul's at peace i, I like that part a lot yeah i like I like that. So uh, I will also say I noticed that the period was outside the quotation marks. And that is a British American difference. Is it? If I remember correctly, I think the period goes outside the quotation marks in writing in the UK. I think I may be wrong. I'm no copywriter. Yeah. But also they may it, that may have changed. But I think that's where that may have originally come from, because yeah. I think that's a, a thing. Okay, what's the new word count? 118 down from 169. And I feel like we're doing so much more now with this because we're not leaving. We're, we're not going omniscient with it. We're just staying in the character's head. Mm -hmm. So it feels like a lot more. But uh, do you want to go ahead and read the final one? Yep, I'll read the final one. Okay. With tears stinging in her eyes, Cassandra knelt down beside her brother's body, cradling his lifeless head in her lap. Anthony, she mourned, her voice shaking with emotion and exhaustion, her dark mane melting into his vibrant orange hair. Cassandra spent only moments weeping before her bruised and bloodied hands began shaking angrily. She looked down on her brother with pride, with passion. I promise you won't have died for nothing. I'll find the people who did this and make them pay. I, I'll go to Saraz and tell them what happened. I don't know what's going on, but I won't stop until... A sob broke loose, choking out her words. Quietly, she added until your soul's at peace love it yeah we kept the emotion we kept what's going on in the scene we just kind of tightened it up so that yeah you don't leave the scene in the omniscient and also we just kind of trimmed out a few words so that you really stay in that scene yes yes thank you so much for the submission abby <laughs> thanks for letting us do this it's uh, it's it's very fun to look back at your old work i know especially since i've read the new stuff and it's very good <laughs> so okay uh, are we ready for the next one? Roll that dice. Submission one. Oh, yes. Anonymous. This one's anonymous. Uh, the author's note says, I think this is a good example of clunky choreography, among other problems. I can't wait to find out what choreography means. Is this a is this a technical term I haven't heard of outside of dance? Choreography is like, uh, you can also use it for fight choreography, which I think this is oh, a fight Oh, yeah, scene. fight choreography. I did forget about the fighting. Good. Okay. Can't wait. I This one's yours. Is this really? Oh, if it's fight scene and it's got clunky choreography, I'm there because I fucking suck at that shit. I am so bad <laughs> at, at fight choreography. Here we go. 
Avelina did as she was told, stepping forward and swinging her practice sword toward Matej's forehead. I'm so sorry if I get any of these names pronounced wrong. Mm-hmm. He smoothly brought his sword up to intercept her blow, blocking it with his weapon at an angle. Good. Now back away and change roles. You will lower your sword to give Matej an opening, Radimir said. Avelina stepped back, feeling her heart fluttering, and pointed her sword at the ground between Matej's feet. He stepped up forward and slowly struck her forehead, and she brought her sword up to block. Radimir put a hand on her back. Don't run away. Stand firm and block. She leaned forward, and he nodded at... He, and he nodded and then adjusted the angle of her sword. Good. Repeat that sequence. Matej stepped back and lowered his sword, and Evelina stepped forward to strike, and then stepped back and lowered her sword. This back-and-forth movement reminded her of the repetitive practice she'd done for the dance with Norwell that never happened. She shook that memory away, knowing that she needed to keep her focus on what she was doing. Nice. I really love that last part uh-huh. and how it brings in a different thing that happened and this is a great example of doing more than one thing with uh with your with with what's going on i i really like mm-hmm. that you added that bit in there added it's it, it's amazing how much that adds immediately just to the character from only having you know three paragraphs to read about them so yeah nice nice i think what i would fix with this one is that we're getting kind of mired down in the details a little bit of who's stepping where and whose hand is going where, whose sword is going where, I mean. And isn't and this always what happens with fight choreography? This is always what happens with fight choreography. I like putting it's this almost the same thing of putting you in their body in like what they're feeling and how they feel about this. Because there's like I said, there's a lot of like stage instructions, but we don't really know what's going through Evelina's head other than what she's physically doing. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yep. I honestly think even just sinking into her body a little more would help. So like even something about like how her arm is aching because she's been working at this so, you know, all day or something like that that puts us more physically in Evelina's body. And that's the hard thing about writing fight scenes is the whole part the whole thing of a fight scene is to make sure that you are you're experiencing the fight right or in this case mm-hmm. the practice fight um but you, you're experiencing the action but you're there for another reason like you're there experiencing the character as well which is why i really like that last paragraph because you don't forget about that which i really like but i think that mm-hmm. yes if you if just adding like just some physical sensations uh like that hint to her you know, and then this actually might have been before this uh, this small section, um, but hinting at her physical, like, how is she doing? Is she tense? Is she angry with something earlier? Like, just literally anything. If they're outside, is she, like, hot and sweaty? Is she, like, yeah. you know, just... Yeah. And, and that's really, again, that's really hard to tell if you did that from just this small amount. Um, yeah. So the other part uh, that... that that I immediately want to fix is the, is the thing that you brought up first was, is that some of it is a bit wordy and I do the same shit when I write mm-hmm. these kind of scenes. And every time I've got my mother-in-law, 
<laughs> like just make it simple, just simplify it. And, and I, and she'll, she'll, she'll edit it for me and she'll be like, look, look how simple and easy it is. And I'm just like, Oh wow. You're right. You know, because it, it doesn't need to be big and detailed because we know that the fight is occurring. Uh, we, we only need simple sentences to hold us together as to what the step-by-step looks like while all the other stuff is going on. While we don't really know what's going on in the scene, aside from what you've given us, just because of the parameters of the, of the submission, we don't know what else is going on in this scene or what she's had happen to her recently, but we can at the very least go in and make this a bit simpler. And the first sentence that I see that is really kind of, a lot is the second one where he uh, he smoothly brought up his sword to intercept her blow, blocking it with his weapon at an angle. So most individuals are going to read this and see that she uh, there's there's two words that um, imply blocking here. We only need one. And smoothly, I mean, I feel like you could take or leave it because if you intercept a blow successfully and fast, you have done it smoothly. So uh, correct me if I'm wrong. If this were my sentence, I would just blop that out. He brought his sword up to intercept her. Uh, he, he brought his sword up and intercepted her blow. You could spice this up with something like with expert precision. I don't know. Something. I don't like smoothly. Am I, am I crazy here? I could take her leave smoothly. Do you like what I just did? I could see, I could see a case for both. He brought his sword up and, well, you need to change it to intercepted. (laughs) Um, And intercepted her blow with expert precision. I like that because it is, it's, it's giving us a little more flavor about how he's like, it's, it's really, it, like you said, the with expert precision is telling us a little more than the smoothly is just a touch, just a hair, a little more flavor. Yeah. But I, I think the one of the things that's important is that we remove the like blocking at an angle. That's one of the things that I notice myself doing in fight scenes all the time is like I want people to picture it. This is kind of what we talked about with the describing characters is you get it in your head and you're like, I want people to like see this exactly like it's a movie scene. And I want them to know exactly where these people are standing and how they're holding their sword and what angle it's at. And you kind of have to like... <laughs> let go of that a little bit and let them choreograph some of it in their own head. (laughs) And you have to actually also be careful because if you have somebody who's very good at sword fighting and read that, they might see at an angle as actually a bad thing, not a good thing. Because if you block Mm. um, without, if your sword isn't flat when you block, you are taking a blow to the blade, which dulls the blade. So actually at an angle is to his disadvantage. Um, He doesn't want to have it at an angle. He wants it flat because that's what's going to hurt her blade and not his correct i actually read the angle differently see so that's I, the thing yeah i was reading it as like the angle of not like the the blade like tilting like where it caught the other blade but like how it's tilted from his body like how the blade is angled so that's you know it's yeah even if you were wanting to like really precisely convey it people are going to read yep. it a little differently so i think just saying with expert precision means yep. it gives us what the character like we know that this character is good Yep. at sword fighting assume assuming because of the smoothly before yep everyone's gonna read certain items differently in an action scene yeah. so it's just better to just keep it simple so that people yeah. aren't getting confused about what you mean yeah they're gonna interpret that precision 
exactly how it, it is. I've, I have been there. <laughs> yeah, I have been there. You know, I am speaking from experience of typing way too much and confusing the shit out of everybody. Yeah. And the next line is the dialogue. The good yes. now back away and change roles. You will lower your sword to give Metej an opening. Radomir said like that. Just fine. But I then this it. next part is the part that I would probably most like do the most changing to is the rest of this paragraph, which is the the back and forth of stepping back, pointing the sword, stepping forward, striking to her forehead. She brought her sword up to block. I want to do it. I want to do the thing. What are you going to do? So I OK, so this oh, <laughs> I love doing this. Um, It's something <laughs> that I learned to do from I oh, it said several authors do it. Um. <laughs> It's it's using dialogue to tell the reader what's happening without showing what what is happening. So Radomir's already talking and, 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 and I'm assuming he's talking very fast because this is a sword practice fight happening right now. He's going to use as few mm-hmm. words as possible. We remove you will lower and just say lower. Good. Now back away and change roles. Lower your sword to give Matej an opening. Radomir said then. Yes. But wait. Not like that. Like, and you just, um, you're stepping back too far or, um, whatever it was she was doing wrong. Like, uh, you, you basically narrate what's happening as Radomir is talking. So it, it sounds like he's responding to her changing movements without actually typing that she's changing movements. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so wait, not like that. You're stepping too far back. Don't run away. Stand firm and block. And then there's this part here. It says she leaned forward and he nodded. No, we just we just say we get rid of that and we just say yes, exactly like that. Keep going or something. Um, keep going. Oh, oh, good. Repeat that. Repeat that sequence. Yeah, I was gonna say I would delete that and just do the stand firm and block. And then he ends. Yeah. Uh, if we really want him adjusting her sword, we could put that in the middle. Just say he adjusted the angle of her sword. And then, yes, good, repeat that sequence. Okay, yes, I like that. So that way we know he's actually, like, physically, yes. like, helping move things. Absolutely, I love that. I love that. So now it just says, good, now back away and change roles. Lower your sword to give Matej an opening, Radomir said, adjusting the angle of her sword. Wait, not like that, you're stepping too far back. Don't run away, stand firm and block. Yes, good, repeat that sequence. And then we have the next paragraph that shows, you know, what we need. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Because, like... For me, yeah, I, I like love it when dialogue can do that. Like when you can show exactly what's happening in a scene with dialogue without having to write anything, it is the coolest feeling. Um, and there's not very many mm-hmm. chances we get when we're writing a book to do that. So whenever they come up, I always like, yes, like I'm going to go for this and just let the dialogue say everything. Next mm-hmm. paragraph is Matej stepped back and lowered his sword and Evelina stepped forward to strike. Um, and then stepped back and lowered her sword. I'm a little confused here. And I'm getting lost in the actions a little bit. I I am too. So what I would do is I would just be like, Evelina panted, struggling to keep up with Radomir's. And, and again, I don't know anything about these characters. So yeah, excuse me if I'm wrong. Struggling. We may be taking a little bit of artistic license right. here, but but hopefully when you see what I'm doing here, you'll be like, oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. I'm going to make this fit the scene, right? So, uh, yeah. Eve- Eve- Evelina, is that, that, was that the name? Yeah, Evelina panted, struggling yeah. to keep up with Adam uh, Radomir's instruction. 
I added in feeling distracted because in the next sentence, she's sort of, um, she's, she's snapping back to a dra mm -hmm. dramatic situation between interpersonal character stuff. Right. But you can mm -hmm. change it. Please feel free to change it. I want to do, we're going to both be typing <laughs> at the same time. You're fine. Yes. Evelina Pandit struggling to keep up with Radomir's instruction, feeling distracted. Pari, strike, dodge, pari. The back and forth movement reminded her of the repetitive practice she'd done for the dance. Perfect. I love it. So we're doing like one of those little like fragments that just kind of like it, it the pacing of it is just like word, 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 word. So you get the yep. feeling that they're like going back and forth and back and forth. Yep. I love it. I would have done the exact same thing after three reads, <laughs> hating it, and then be like, oh, that's what it's missing. <laughs> I love my fragments. <laughs> oh, same, you know? And it's just like, what's missing from this paragraph? I would have read it three times and be like, what is missing? Ah, yes, fragments. <laughs> like, uh, It's always so good. And I love the rest of that last paragraph, the whole part about the dance that never yes, happened. love it. And then, like, going, no, I need to focus. That part just, like, sings because it gives us, like, this delicious bit of character and as someone who hasn't read the rest of the book this raises some really good questions as a reader and not like the i'm confused questions but like the i need to know what's going on questions yes i love it uh this was this is fun to edit yes uh rereading Evelina did as instructed, stepping forward and swinging her practice sword toward Matasia's forehead. He brought his sword up and intercepted her blow with expert precision. Good. Now back away and change roles. Lower your sword to give Matasia an opening, Radimir said, adjusting the angle of her sword. Wait, not like that. You're stepping too far back. Don't run away. Stand firm and block. Yes, good. Repeat that sequence. Evelina panted, struggling to keep up with Radimir's instruction, feeling distracted. Pari, strike, dodge, pari. The back and forth movement reminded her of the repetitive practice she'd done for the dance with Norwell that never happened. She shook that memory away, knowing she needed to keep her focus on what she was doing. Yay! Yay! The original word count was 177. It's now 124. Yay! I like that a lot. I like it too. And again, just such a great job with that last paragraph, uh, mm -hmm. linking us back to something that had happened to the character previously. I very much respect yeah. the person that remembers to do that. Okay, so we'll roll again. Three. <laughs> we're pretty much doing them in order. Yeah, we're basically doing them kind of in order. Nice. Okay, I will read this one. This one is from Hillary. Donnie Teller was floating in the ocean for what he knew was the last time. It was an ocean he had known well and loved even better. It was not the same beach he'd seen on his first day in Los Angeles 37 years ago, but in the circular way the cosmos had spun him back around, it had to be the same water. Coming from the landlocked naval of Ohio, a dairy farm of all places, the Pacific felt like a promise, washing away the life he had never belonged in. He could never have predicted what would happen between those two baptisms. He felt a remarkable sense of gratitude that had nearly become foreign. Perhaps it was trapped as he had been in his body these last eight months. The weightlessness was beyond relief, but a marvel as he had been forced to bear witness to his own body's failures, his powerless against gravity. Bitterness had weighed on a tongue he could barely control anymore. He'd survived an addiction, being a gay teenager in the AIDS epidemic, suicidal adolescence, and for what? To die at 56 of ALS. But now this moment, one of his last, tasted of salt. Ooh, I love how deep this is. Most of this I really love. Yeah. Yes, it's 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 very um it's very well written. I can mm -hmm. I get the vibes of everything that's going on here. It's 
like I feel like it's got very good voice. I can feel like mm-hmm. it's really like this is some deep shit here. I'm curious what if if you have anything to say. I have one thing. One thing. Okay, go with that first. So I really like how this is. The only thing I'm really lacking um, is I want a break between these two paragraphs, um, giving us some sort of physical sensation or something so that we can put himself in his body. Mm-hmm. Maybe something that hints at whatever illness he he's experiencing the most right now, or um, something that I really like. Uh, I have chronic pain. So like, you know, when I'm in the water, um, there's something really incredible that takes place where all that pain just disappears because you have no lock with gravity. Um, you sort of, the, the pain sort of goes away. It ebbs. And like, I think mm-hmm. that, um, maybe exploring something like that or literally anything else um, that is physical just to give him some grounding in his own skin mm-hmm. and so that the reader can sort of experience his body before whatever happens next. Because um, mm-hmm. to me, it feels like something's about to happen and we want to make sure that the reader is in his body before the next thing happens and, and giving him something physical like the I, I barely noticed that uh, like he barely noticed the pain floating in the water uh, or something like that, like something that that locks us in two sentences, not one, because um, these paragraphs are fairly large. So we want to break it up mm-hmm. with something that's not too short, but not too long. So I would say a good two mm-hmm. sentences of, of a, a, an albatross flying over him, staring up at the sky, feeling no pain or something similar. And then go back to the navel gazing. Sometimes navel mm-hmm. gazing is okay. And I think that in this yeah. this way, I really like the navel gazing. Um, but we need mm-hmm. to just break it up a little. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Um, I was just going to say, first of all, I, I may make some mistakes because um, it says here that he has ALS and I'm not super familiar with ALS right, and what that causes. But um, I will say there, it kind of, I think, I think the second paragraph kind of does a little bit what you're talking about, but it gets lost, which is that third sentence, which says the weightlessness was beyond relief, but a marvel as he had been forced to bear witness to his own body's failures, his powerless against gravity. Yeah. Yes. So I think it's trying to kind of like do that, like the weightless in the water thing, but it's, it's in the middle of the paragraph. And so it's getting kind of lost amongst all of the kind of contemplativeness. It's telling, not showing. Yeah. Yeah. I would move, cut, cut it from there and like you said add the sentence between the two that grounds us in that a little more firmly in the physical part of it because yeah it is a little telling about the weightlessness instead of yeah i'm i'm trying to see where i can do this without imposing my own voice uh style or voice on this character Mm -hmm. um since because this has such a strong voice. Yeah, it just doesn't feel appropriate for me to do that. So uh, let's see. I would just, I'm just going to move this to the center on this, the weightlessness. Yeah, you could almost just move it. Yeah, um, I I would do more um, because it still feels, I you could add to this. Um, I need something very. That puts you in, in the space in his skin yeah i need something very specific like um like and again i don't know this character i don't even i i feel like i should be more educated on what als is so let's see what als is luke Mm eric's disease 
I don't actually know. Um, it does look like there is um, a lot of muscle um, weakness and possibly uh, stiffness and pain just from a very brief search. So let's just say me knowing nothing about this character. Let, let's say it was a knee. Um, and just as an, as an example, the knee he couldn't walk on earlier was suddenly. How do I do this? Uh, was suddenly. If this were my book, I'd be sitting here for a very long time trying to figure it out, you know? It is hard without knowing the intricacies of, like, how this condition affects the body. And this one is hard. Let's just say, the knee he couldn't, let's just say, for all sake uh, and purposes, the knee he couldn't walk on earlier was suddenly painless as if, uh, oh, God, metaphors. I want to say as if he was a kid again. I was but... going to say, like, cradled by the waves or something like that oh yeah 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 let's do that yeah cradle by something the way. that's got a little more kind of literary it's it's not quite fitting with this voice but it's cradle by the undulating sea yeah i like that something like that we, what we want to do is we want to say this the weightlessness was beyond relief is i would like that particular little snippet of a sentence to be a show not tell because like like you i think a lot of this navel gazing makes sense you know, because especially given the, the situation, um, because it says uh, this feels like an opening line. I'm not sure, but it feels like the Donnie Teller was floating in the ocean for what he knew was the last time is the first sentence. And that feels like an opening line and knowing that he knows or or feels like it's going to be the last time is is leads you to some navel gazing. <laughs> yes. How about I would like to go through here as if this were my book real quick and just um, remove stuff that feels like it's making it drag a little bit just to tighten everything up. Because I think uh, aside from the knee or, or, or some kind of physical sensation, the only thing it, it just it um, we want to make sure it's really concise. Mm -hmm. So I always do this pass on my uh, when I do my first read through of a, of a draft, I typically go through and I start making it more concise. Yeah. So, for instance, Donnie Teller was floating in the ocean for what he knew was the last time. No, let's make it punch. Was floating in the ocean for the last time. Because yeah. to him, from what I'm reading, it is the last time. If something happens after this that makes it not the last time. He still thinks it is right now. He still thinks it is right now. Um, Donnie Teller was floating in the ocean for the last time. It was an ocean he had known well. I actually I actually like the it was an ocean he had known well. I actually, it was an ocean he had known well and loved even better, more. Um, yeah, I like the cadence of that. Yeah, I like that, too. I, 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 I did not see that part. Um, so it was not the same beach he'd seen on his um, he'd first seen. So this says it was not the same beach he'd seen on his first day in Los Angeles 37 years ago. I would change it to it was not the same beach he'd first seen. Is that right? Yeah, not this. I I almost want to get rid of the it was and make this a fragment and make it grammatically incorrect. But that that's a me voice thing. And I think it could stay or go. I think I'm imposing my own voice. Oh, you mean like it was the ocean he had known well and loved even better. Not the same beach. Yeah, it, you're talking about getting rid of the it yeah. was. But that's a voice thing. And I don't think we need to do it. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, um, I'm starting to get into the nitty gritty of it. Yeah, it was not the same beach he'd first seen in Los Angeles 37 years ago, but in the circular way the cosmos had spun him back around, it 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 had it must be the same water. Right now it says it had to be the same water. It must be the same water. Yeah, I like bus. Coming from the landlocked navel of Ohio, a dairy farm of all places, the Pacific felt like a promise 
washing away the life he had never belonged in. I would say a life. I don't know why. Yeah. Washing away a life he had never he he had never belonged in. Um, I'd also make that he had into a contraction. Mm-hmm. And that one, yeah, that one's um, a. I like the flow of it, um, mostly because it is a long sentence with several phrases that are commas. So like any smoothing over of extra extra little phrases inside of phrases like the he had mm-hmm. kind of helps smooth that over a little bit. Yeah. I don't like things like felt like, um, so like my style brain wants to get rid of that and, and just say this, the just be like the Pacific washed away a life. He had never belonged in, oh, okay. but that's just me. I like the promise. I, yeah. See you, you, you do that too. Yeah. And like my style brain says no, but your style brain says yes. So I'm, I think it's very personal. I'm a little more flowery. Yeah. So I would leave it. Um, cause some people really like that. He could have never predicted what would happen um, between these two baptisms. I like that. I like it. I like it. Um, it's stylistic. I think some people would, but they can suck a dick because <laughs> I like it. It's fine. Leave it. God darn it. <laughs> okay. So then we have the knee paragraph and then the last paragraph, he felt a remarkable sense of grat- gratitude that had nearly become foreign. Um, I'm going to say floating in the water. Cause we kind of messed with this a little bit. Wait, I think. I don't know. How do we do this? I would leave that one. Okay. All right. I think once we read all of it, it it we we don't know. It, there's nothing indicating that we're leaving the water in the next paragraph. Uh, and we mentioned that he's cradled by the undulating sea. So I think that would yeah, be fine. like there's a lot. So this is one of those situations where there's writing rules and there's writing. Mm-hmm. Um, and like a writing rule book would say sense of gratitude uh he felt a remarkable sense of gratitude is incredibly passive voice which it absolutely is however it's the cadence of it like it's the cadence of it it's because he's undulating on waves right now and and there's something about this like slow style of writing that's really working with what he's going through so that sentence i think leaving it's really good yeah that sentence has like a rise and fall and rise and fall it's almost like an it iambic does kind of thing which works yeah. with the waves yeah. so even though there's some extra words and stuff in here i think they're doing something for the poetry of the way it's written yes there is this sentence here perhaps it was trapped as he had been in his body for the last three months comes from the paragraph we moved but i think with what we did i don't really like it anymore i would get rid of that yeah it it feels a little out of place now that we've moved some stuff we can tell that he's been dealing with this for a long time just by the situation you've put us in. So, mm-hmm. you know, it it doesn't it's not doing anything extra. If right? we need to, um, if we absolutely need to know that it's been eight months, I think that's something that can go in a little bit later paragraph. I don't think it has to go right yeah. here um, because this is just three paragraphs. <laughs> yeah. Bitterness had weighed on a tongue he could barely control anymore. That to me tells me he's very angry. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, and he doesn't want to talk anymore, like, because it's just too much. Um, he survived an addiction, being a gay teenager in the AIDS epidemic, suicidal adolescence, and for what to die at 56 of ALS. But now, this moment, one of the last tasted of salt. I love that. I love that. I wouldn't touch, yeah. It. Um, if anything, um, if this is about to be self imposed. 
um, like if, if the, obviously like he is already suicidal, I don't know where this is going, but I assume it's very suicidal. I would, um, uh, something that I have experienced with people that are suicidal. They like, it feels good to finally be in control of a, of a, um, a choice. Like mm-hmm. it, it, that feels very good. If it, if it is something like that, consider adding it in um, just to give it a little bit of extra oomph. But I mm-hmm. love this. Like, What's I interesting it. is I actually, and I'm sure in the pre, like the following paragraphs, we'll get that confirmation or not. I didn't read it that way because it says to die at 56 of really? ALS. So I think the disease is what's oh. killing him. And he just knows that he's in like the terminal okay. stages. Yep. You're right. You're right. That was just me being an editing brain and no. not... Uh, reading brain at this point i think that it's good to note that within the next couple paragraphs that probably needs to be mentioned or maybe it Mm -hmm. would it would help to kind of clarify that because that is a really kind of i don't say it's subtle but it's it's not like blatant because Mm -hmm. that is a really easy read to take from this right yeah Mm -hmm. no i agree yeah so we didn't cut many words Right. The word count doesn't really matter here. It is 193 instead of 201, but it's one of these situations where it just, you know, it's not really important. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I love it. Okay. It's great. Thank you for the submission, okay. Hillary. Um, we are we going to do the other two because it's it is already an, an hour. And I have I think that this has been kind of fun. And like, I'd be willing to throw in a submission of my own if you wanted to finish these off on another in episode. the next live episode. We could do that. Yeah. Do you want to do that? Because then we don't have to rush through any. And if we know that three is kind of like the, an hour's worth, mm-hmm. I feel like there's two more here and everybody can get a yeah. edit and I can throw one in just for funsies. Yeah. And I did want to read this final could... one, though, because we didn't read the final version of this one. Oh, right, right, right. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Um, so, okay. So the final version of this one is Donnie Teller was floating in the ocean for the last time. It was an ocean he had known well and loved even better. It was not the same beach he'd first seen in Los Angeles 37 years ago, but in the circular way the cosmos had spun him back around, it must be the same water. Coming from the landlocked navel of Ohio, a dairy farm of all places, the Pacific felt like a promise, washing away a life he'd never belonged in. He could have never predicted what would happen between these two baptisms. The knee he couldn't walk on earlier was suddenly painless, cradled by the cold, undulating sea. The weightlessness was beyond relief, but a marvel as he had been forced to bear witness to his own body's failures, his powerlessness against gravity. He felt a remarkable sense of gratitude that had nearly become foreign. Bitterness had weighed on a tongue he could barely control anymore. He'd survived an addiction, being a gay teenager in the AIDS epidemic, suicidal adolescence, and for what? To die at 56 of ALS? But now this moment, one of his last, tasted of salt. Beautiful. So I really like this one. But yeah, I, I agree. We can take the last two, save them. Sorry, the two people that submitted. We will get to them next time. <laughs> and then we'll add one more. Yeah, we had no idea how to how, how to like gauge how long they would each take us. Yeah. And we didn't even know if we'd have, you know, do a second episode. But hey, since we did three in an hour next time, we could I could just add one. Yeah, <laughs> and, and we'll uh, do three in an hour. Yeah, yeah, no, that sounds like fun. These were fun. Thank you guys, Hillary yes. Anonymous and Abby for the submissions. And uh, those of you on the bench, uh, names Naomi and Emily, we could do yours in the next live episode. How's that sound? Yes. <laughs> and we can kind of do our wrap ups. Um, I don't think we really have any like 
wrap up discussion other than oh, I only have to apologize that my like dumb like doo-doo brain like went like a million miles a second and forgot to have you read <laughs> uh that wonderful final version of uh the last one I feel kind of mm-hmm. silly about that so I apologize That's but fine. uh it happens yeah, I, I've got nothing else beyond that. Thanks, guys, for like making this work out and sending us your work and letting us kind of figure out how to have fun with it. Um, it was really <laughs> nice seeing some of the work uh, from our listeners. It's awesome to have you guys here. And like, thanks uh, to everybody who supported us over yes. the last 100 plus episodes. And here's to uh, 100 more, I yeah. guess. You poor thing. You've done so much editing and I have just been like, doop the whole time. Like, I don't know what's happening. I don't it's know. Okay, you're, the, you're the brains of the editing. Oh, <laughs> am I though? <laughs> that means our next episode's going to be, it's still going to be August 18th, but we'll go ahead and continue this into the next episode. So we will be doing more listener submissions and you can find everything you need about the podcast at our website at anditswriting.com. Uh, look us up on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere you can find podcasts. You can find us. Follow us on Twitter, not Twitter. What, I'm not going to call it X. <laughs> um, on, on Twitter at And It's Writing. We do also have Instagram. It is also And It's Writing. Uh, we are posting there our episode updates and notifications. And, and hey, Hey, if you think you have a platform that would be great for us to post on, please send us an email and save us. There's so many platforms. Because we don't know what the hell we're doing. (laughs) There's so many. If you're listening out there and you're like, oh, man, this person should post this on there. Please, for the love of everything, just email us so that we can we can straighten our stuff out. (laughs) Get our stuff to the right audience in the right place. Yes. So yeah, I think that's it. And thank you for joining us and we will see you again soon. Bye. Bye.